Welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. Me, Adam Hunter. I am here with Don Fry and Sean McCorkle. Uh, what's going on, guys? Happy New Year. Well, happy New Year, partner. Uh, Sean, how's it going? Don, how's your connection? Good? So far, so good. How about you? Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good, man. Um, I got back from Cabo. I was in Mexico. had four shows Fun, fun, fun shows in Mexico. Although I thought I, I thought I got sick because, you know, even like with this COVID now, it's like they're like, well, the new one is the symptoms are like sore throat, tired, uh, cold, and and I had a bloodshot eyes. I'm like, oh, I got COVID. I thought I got it. And then and then you walk around like, I got COVID. Uh, and then you and then you sit online and for a test with a hundred people who think they have COVID too. And then and of course I get a test and in Mexico no COVID. Uh, but I was, but I, right. um, but I didn't, uh, McCorkle, well, how was thank you? God you are vaccinated because that will keep you from getting it a hundred percent. There's only, uh, only 70% of the NBA's players who are vaccinated have COVID right now. So like it's 98% of the uh, league is vaccinated. 70% of them have COVID. You know, who doesn't have it? The 12 guys who aren't vaccinated. Oh my God. It's, <laughs> it's crazy, dude. It, it, the whole thing is nuts. Uh, Sean, how was your New Year's Eve? What did you do? Uh, me actually, I think we had COVID. Um, yeah, we just uh, honestly, we uh, I went to bed. Uh, me and my girlfriend both at ten o'clock. Man, we didn't, we didn't feel good. Had a headache, sore throat, and was really tired. Did you get and, the COVID uh, test? No, I don't want to. I don't want to. It's called a hangover. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to waste a test for you know might be used on someone who gives a shit. So, <laughs> uh, and then how do you feel now though? Uh, better now. I mean, it lasted you know two, three, four days. I don't know, but I mean it's. It wasn't real bad. I didn't feel super sick. I just like didn't feel like going out and doing anything. And then, plus, I won't wear a mask, so it makes it awkward. And then, Don, what did you do, New Year's Eve? Don. Yeah. What did you do on New Year's? Hello. Eve? Yeah. Well, what did you do New Year's Eve? I went to bed. Quinn and I stayed up once. John Wayne and Clint Eastwood. And drink some beers and smoke some cigars. That that was my excitement in my night. That's the fucking manliest New Year's Eve ever. <laughs> just like, yeah, doesn't get any more heterosexual than that. I'm surprised you didn't skin a bear yeah, yeah. or something. <laughs> or like, like I can just picture you and like a bear partying and, and like go out hunting and just you know kick kick some people in the head. Uh, by the way, who has more chest hair, him or the bear? Things like that. <laughs> I did watch. Uh, Cobra Kai, based on your – it was the greatest thing I – Oh, my God. It's getting better. Don, did you watch it? Fuck. Is this going to be one of these shows? All right. So um, – You mean I, a regular I, one? 
You know, it's like I was in like the fucking, I was having a bad day. I was in a bad mood. I'm ready to vent. I'm like, uh, I'm just having like the shittiest. And then I'm like, I go upstairs to do this podcast. And, uh, and then all of a sudden no one shows up for like 15 minutes. So then Don leaves. So then I like call you guys <laughs> and I'm like, all right, like, and then Don's Wi-Fi has actually made me in a better mood for some reason. Like, I'm yeah. so, I can't even get mad because I have to get mad on his Wi-Fi. Like, like, it's like nothing worse than like venting and having the person go, huh? What? I like, oh, I like how I'm on here at three o'clock and then at 307, I get a text that says, hey, can you do it in seven minutes? And I'm like, sure. And then 309, you're like, dude, where are you at? I'm like, that was a quick seven minutes. <laughs> oh, you were on at three o'clock? Sorry about that. Yeah, I was ready. At 40, I was like, okay, we must be delayed. And then it's like seven more minutes. Like, okay, I get to do something. Like, where are you at? And you're like, oh, two yeah, minutes, that's, not seven. Yeah, that's my fault, Sean. Um, so, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but what? But yeah, but as I was saying, uh, the Cobra Kai, dude, it's so funny because I could totally see you being Terry Silver. The guy's got like a billion, <laughs> a billion dollars. Uh, he, the guy, he won the lottery. He's got all kinds of shit. Like his, I mean, not literally, but like figuratively, like, yeah. like you know. And, and then he goes, and he even said, he's like, my life was great, and I was so coked up in the 80s, I, I, I tormented a teenager. <laughs> over that, was that was the best line of the whole season. I, I laughed so hard, I thought I was going to die. Because, you know, I've been telling you about Terry Silver. I, dude, I, I registered real Terry Silver on uh, Twitter years ago. Like, I, I was yeah. being a, the real Terry Silver, but I've been a fan of his since, like, 85, man, when that movie came out, or whatever it was, 88. Like, I thought he was the greatest ever. And then, yeah, we do have a few similarities. We kind of run stuff into the ground sometimes. No, I could see you being a billion dollar, like having a billion dollars and then just buying every ticket to Brennan Schaub's comedy show so nobody shows up <laughs> except, for, except for you, you know, which Something actually, like that is already in the works, not to ruin the surprise. I've already, I'm already working on that. I have I, to decide if it's the, like the risk versus reward. I'll be giving Brennan Schaub money, but at the same time, He'll have to perform just for me. So, well, uh, at the rate he's going, that might. But, 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 yeah. So I'm just saying, you know, um, yeah, a hundred percent. Terry Silver is the most petty human being of all time. But that Cobra Kai took so many turns. But Johnny Lawrence, William Zapka is the fucking greatest actor. Like he, I was crying a couple times. <laughs> I was tearing up in some of these scenes in the show. I actually was tearing up. And I'm like, where has this guy been? Like, it just shows you how fucking bullshit. That's because you're a pussy. <laughs> well, yes, that <laughs> no, is because I'm a... God, have you watched Cobra Kai? No, I have not. I have oh, not. you'd be perfect on it. It's basically like he's stuck in the 80s kind of, and all, this, all these woke kids, like, he, doesn't, he can't communicate with them. And that's what's the funniest thing. And the writing is really good. But the, the dude didn't work forever. Like, he literally was in every 80s movie as the bad guy. And then just took a huge hiatus. How much? I, I don't even know why. Uh, Adam, you, I've wondered this my whole life, and maybe you know because you're out there in Hollywood. How do people like that make a living when they stop making movies for like 15 years straight? I mean, they go work at Best Buy or something. Like, what do they do when they don't do anything for 15 or 20 years? Well, I looked at him. He wasn't even done <laughs> a lot of. He was done a lot of things, and I, he probably did a lot of comic cons, a lot of conventions. You know, he probably did a lot of those things and he did a lot of movies that you hadn't seen or like he did a couple other like straight to video type things. So he was working. Um, I mean, you can make a living doing that, like straight to video movies and things like that or not really? I think if you see, I think it's all about how you manage your money. You yeah. know, I mean, Scott, like I've, I've been to Scott Bayo's house. He's doing very, very well. Like huh. I, I'm talking about gated community, like, like super huge house, but he's always, but he's a smart guy. I don't think he wasn't, you know, 
He probably he probably had a really good finance person, and they they took care of him. You know, so well, he must have been smart. He was left in charge of an entire family of children when he was only like seventeen. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I was. Meanwhile, it, it just shows you though. Like, what are some of your New Year's resolutions, uh, Don? I don't have any. Hell, I'm perfect, man. What's nothing wrong with me? You didn't write anything yeah, down, like things you want to accomplish this year. Oh hell, where do I want to accomplish this year? Um, I want to, I want to do better than Brendan Schaub in the comedy circuit. You know, <laughs> Don picked uh, the easiest New Year's resolution of all time. Dude, Don would be hilarious. By the <laughs> way. If, if I get my show picked up by the UFC Fight Pass, which comes out next week, allegedly, uh, I will one hundred percent. Yeah, well, we'll see if it gets picked up. And I mean, the first one got picked up, but I want to get the series it picked up. Uh, Sean, any New Year's resolutions? Yeah, I don't want to challenge myself too much this year, so I just made a resolution that have my back still hurt all the time and uh, to not get vaccinated. Those are my two, uh, two goals this year. All right, well, I had actual real goals, you guys. All right. <laughs> what, one of my goals, man, so I don't know if you know this, I had this show called Pinned, right? So I've been coaching wrestling forever. And some of the stories that like have been insane, like literally we had one time a kid showed up to like middle of the season for a match. I'm like, has anyone ever seen this kid before? Uh, and I was like, someone was like, I don't think this kid goes to our school. Uh, and his, his name was Titan, awesome. this little black kid. So I'm like, all right, I guess we'll throw him out there. He gets in there and starts like squaring off. Like he's like about to fight the kid. And I'm like, no, no, you can't do that. The ref looks at me like, you didn't tell him this, you know? Um, but <laughs> this other mom I like matched with on Tinder. I matched with him and, uh, and she hits me up and she's like, I wrote a long email. Hey man, I think you're really cute, but you coach my son's wrestling team. Yada, yada. I don't think it will work out. Blah, blah, blah. So I show the other coach, my friend Brian. I'm like, hey, you guys know I, I like matched with, you know, so-and-so's mom. He goes, let me see her. He goes, I banged her. I'm like, really? He's like, he's like, I'm like, when? He's like, 12 years ago. I'm like, dude, this is probably your kid in our team. <laughs> it kind of looked like him, but it, it wasn't. Like, the math didn't add. But every time the kid was, like, moping around or slacking, I'd be like, Brian, your kid's not working hard. Like, I called him Brian's kid after that. But <laughs> there's just been story after story. Sorry. So I wrote a script. I wrote a screenplay about, like, a Bad News Bears of, like, wrestling, about a guy that was, like, a great wrestler back in the day, and he kind of, like, peaked out in high school and now he's got to go back and coach his old middle school team and they're a bunch of fuck ups and this whole thing. And I tried to, I tried to crowdsource it. Right. So I tried to raise a million dollars for this movie. So I went on every, all I kept doing was, I raised like $12,000. Right. But I got like a million donors. People gave me $2, $3. And then everyone's like, where the fuck's my movie? So all day long, people were like, <laughs> like you fucking, one guy was like, you stole my movie. You stole my money. Anytime I, I went to Hawaii for a gig, like, oh, I was going to Hawaii with our money. The guy was like tagging like Joe Rogan and fucking front row Brian and like trying to get me like, so, but, the, but I gotta say the dude, if I gotta be honest, did push me because I'm like, you know what? First of all, I'm like, how much money did you donate? I'll give you your money back. Like, like listen, I'll double your money back. Just leave me the fuck alone. Like, I can't make a movie for $12,000, you know? So then I'm like, all right. So I hired a guy, and we rewrote the script for, like, nine. Wait, how much money? How much did he donate? 
he donated, I don't even know. He didn't tell me his name. He's like, no, I want the movie out. He wouldn't even tell me, right? So, so, so then, he donated $5. <laughs> literally, it was $5. I, I'm sure it was maybe 20 bucks most. So then, because we only, we, do, we only had a couple guys donate more than like, like Chael Sonnen donated $200. Like we had like a couple guys donated and this guy Christian Zor donated a couple hundred, which was real nice. So anyway, I ended up uh, like rewriting it, making it into a sitcom. And, and then I had to pay a guy to help me rewrite it. I never wrote a sitcom before and yada, yada. So then I'm like, all right, we're shooting it. We shot it in my house, right? And we shot it in the school that I coach. We used the actual kids. We cast it, like Bill Dawes was in it and Rob Belushi and this girl, Lauren. I, I, I had Lauren Compton, who, if you don't know, is like a million followers, like one of the hottest chicks ever. So I had her played my girlfriend who dumps me. So the fucking director, Joey Medina, a great guy, but he wanted to shoot it in our bedroom. And my wife had just given birth, right? Like three <laughs> weeks before. So we're in my bedroom and she's in a bra and panties and we're talking in between takes. And she's like, yo, if I knew it was going to be this kind of shoot, I would have wore a better looking bra. And like the first time I did Playboy and the second time I'm like, oh, my wife's hearing this. Like you mother, you're shooting this in our house. Like I didn't really explain to her everything that was going. And I'm like insecure as an actor kind of. So I'm like trying to memorize my lines and this. And anyway, so my wife walks in, gets everyone coffee and, she, and someone goes quiet on the set. Right. So now she's fucking fuming. Adam, I need to talk to you. I'm like, Oh, I walk out. She's like, you have a fucking girl in our house and a bra and panties. You know, Adam, you're married with a kid. I'm like, well, not in the scene, I'm not. So she's like, I'm you fucking out girl in my room or Where's my movie? <laughs> my wife storms out, fucking gets a hotel for three days, right? Fucking tells all her friends to fucking... So now, like, she, she tells her boss at work, right? So now we, we fucking shoot it, right? We shoot it at my old high school, about the school that I coach at. But now I have the, now I have it, and then COVID hit. So now I have this thing, and like my goal is to sell this as a TV series. But we had to cut, oh. we had to cut so much of it. Like it wasn't the pilot that I wrote wasn't the one we shot because we couldn't afford it. We couldn't do action scenes and like. You had to cut, you had to cut the bra and panty scene, and then and you, had to, that you had to, uh, uh, you had to tell your wife that, right? <laughs> she wouldn't watch it for eight months. My wife said, I'm not watching it to you. She made me throw away the sheets and the fucking, I had to get a whole new <laughs> fucking bed set, dude. And like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cheaper than a new wife. See, yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. So now I'm like, and then my, my dad, like, dude, I love my dad. He, he, he was my manager forever. Uh, he managed Alice Cooper back in the seventies. But like, I, we, we haven't been seeing eye to eye. He moved to the East coast. And he told me he's going to help sell it. And like, it, it, we, we don't have a meeting. Like, like we haven't had one meeting. My dad's like, Hey, I just binge watched uh, Yellowstone last week. I'm like, why don't you binge work? You know, like, so fucking. And then he's like, Oh, this is your TRT talking. You do too much Adderall. I'm like, you have too many edibles. We should fucking swap medication. Maybe you'll work and I'll fucking rest. You know, cause everyone, cause every time I post a scene from pinned, everyone's like, I can't believe this hasn't been sold yet. How, how has this not been made? I'm like, I haven't pitched it. Like, like I, I don't have an agent right now that like is, I have an agent, but I don't have like a, it's not even about getting an acting agent. You have to get like a, a shit, like basically a shopping agent or a, a TV agent or, a, you know, you have or to get stoner, stoner dad. Yeah. Stoner dad. <laughs> the whole fucking thing. And then like, so me and my, me and my dad are not talking uh, we're not working together I, I love him to death I, I love my dad as a father and i know how hard he works but there have been so many like dude there was one time that like 
I had a fucking, everyone, Michael Blackson calls me up and says, yo, uh, we're having, I'm having a show for some rich white people, right? Uh, will you come? So I show up, right? And it's not rich white people. It's like the head of Netflix, the head of Sony, the head of CAA, the head of the, <laughs> like fucking Ed Norton. Uh, it was like the guy, the, Deontay Wilder was there. It was, it was insane. Like the fucking, it was like the guy who, who, who one of the partners of Casamigos, like, like with George Clooney and uh, whoever and Matt Damon. Dude, and I fucking murdered it. And I'm calling my dad. I'm like, you got to get here. We got a big meeting. He's like, just get some business cards. I'm like, no, no, dad, you have, please. Get, it was like fucking three blocks away. I know he was fucking high. I'm, I'm still talking about this in therapy. He didn't leave the fucking house to go. <laughs> like, like, I literally, like, and then CAA calls me up the next week, the next day. We all want to see you. The whole no, the agency wants to see you. But it, it was right before Christmas. Christmas happened, and then, like, they never. Anyway, so I, I fucking, this is good. I'm venting right now. Because I'm like depending on my dad, but I can't. I can't. I got. This is what Bill Burr said. What Hollywood is. Hollywood, and, and women too. He used to have a bit about how like you run a marathon by yourself, 26 fucking miles, or 26.4, and then you get to the, the end, and all these fucking people come out and go, "We did it! We did it! We!" And they all want to fucking like celebrate with you, and they're like, "Like where the fuck were you in the 26?" Now, granted, look, my dad got me on the Tonight Show. My dad helped me sell. I sold two TV shows so far, right? To two fucking networks. Kamikaze comedy, and then I I sold another show, and we fucking shot this. We shot the show, like we shot the pilot. We're ready to go. The network collapses. There's no more like like fuel goes out of business. Then <laughs> then I sold another show to Esquire. They went out of business. Like, like I've had a couple. But anyway, all this is like I'm. Not, I don't want to have loser mentality. It's not. It's just 2022. I'm gonna sell pin. I have to just organize my fucking like three hours a day. I gotta spend on it, no matter what, because or two hours a day. That's what I got to do. Cause I just sometimes try to take things. Yeah. Like, I want to know what, I want to know what stocks you're buying. So I won't buy them. <laughs> Dude, Don, you can make a living betting opposite of me in Las Vegas. I'll tell you that buddy. Just go yeah, with me and yeah, bet opposite on opposite. Anything I do. Oh uh, man. Yeah, between you two, I'll be a billionaire, trillionaire, <laughs> man. <laughs> I'll bet against both you two the rest of my life. I'm about to made. But it's all good, man. Look, I mean, the way so because people are always like, can't believe you haven't made. Look, I mean, look, I haven't made it. Like, I mean, literally, Tonight Show, Last Comic, this, that, that. But I've made a lot more than a lot of other people, and yeah, I can't look at it. And the way I look at it is, if everything I w I would have wanted already happened, what do I have to look forward to? You got to have things to look yeah. forward to, you know. Well, you remember, uh, and I'm sure you heard what Dave Chappelle said when his dad said, "What do you consider making it?" When he wanted to be a stand-up comic, he said, "If I can make as much money as I would being a teacher." doing comedy i'd rather do that you know or whatever and yeah. his dad said that that's what you need to do then you know and that's uh if you haven't made it you sure do have a nice house and you're living in la and you do what you love to do every day for a living so yeah no i know i but you right you always want to look up but 100 percent. that's what that's 100 percent right i just i just have to figure out uh i gotta just sit there and like craft out emails i guess to um to like pitch agents, basically. Too bad you th didn't have the forethought ten years ago to start sucking Rogan's dick twenty four <laughs> hours a day, and like be willing to give him both your kidneys if he got sick, and then talk about how great he is. Then you could be real bad at fighting and get knocked out repeatedly. He feels so bad he has to give you a career. Yeah, Not that that's ever happened before, but uh, fucking. So anyway, Cobra Kai, by the way, uh, let's get <laughs> back to that. Is the fucking? It's hilarious. The show was amazing. It reminded me of my fucking high school, though, man. Like, the problem with me in high school, man, is that, uh, well, number one, I got sent to boarding school for troubled kids, 
where I talk about my feelings every day and problems <laughs> three hours a day about my mom leaving me and like my stepmom and me not getting along and feeling abandoned with other kids that had way worse than me. And then I would come home and kids would be drinking 40s at the school. Be like, yo, Wu-Tang. And I just couldn't relate to them at all. You know, I was like I was an outsider. But then I got to college and these fucking kids, the problem with me, Don, is that I, there were kids that were just assholes. They were jerk offs. And I never thought they were cool, but other people thought they were cool. So I would go, well, they're cool. Other people think they're cool. And then I would hang out with the worst fucking possible kids. Um, And I remember one time I went to college, these fucking four dirt bags that would constantly like give me shit. They were in my fraternity. And like, they would just drink all day and smoke all day. And they were just fucking lose. They would be assholes to women and they were, they would bully kids. You're doing that now. You're, you're repeating that act now. You're pretty, what, I'm hanging out with you guys? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) They would, they would bully kids, right? I remember I was at a concert with this girl and, uh, cause I left, I went to Hofstra. I went from spending three hours a day saying hi to everybody, wanted to be the cool kid in college and to like, going to at Binghamton, going to Hofstra and knowing nobody, sitting by myself. And I was happier by myself, to be honest. I was happier alone than I was with a bunch of fucking fake assholes that I didn't care about and that it was all about image. But over this one girl, I took her to a third eye blind concert and I was, she was like really hot, from Queens, great ass. And, um, and I, was, I, I was like, hey, come, come to Binghamton with me for the weekend. So I drive up to see my actual old friends and I run to those four idiots, the first people I see at the frat house. The kids that would pick on me, the kids, Donnie, Ricky, some other kid, and they were just fucking dicks, right? And they were like, oh, uh, I heard you're, uh, you're, you're making it as a comic. Yeah, right. And at the time, I was on the Ricky Lake show. I was a Cupid. I came out like, with my shirt off. Like, I didn't get paid. I'm like, I was on the Ricky Lake show. I'd be like, yeah, right, Ricky Lake. Uh. And they were just – and these, and I was like hyping myself up to this girl and I'm like hey these are the guys my friends and then they see me and they're like oh you must have cool friends they hate you it just it all went bad right I was so fucking mad I was humiliated in front of this girl who I, who I still have never hooked up with so then I go back there and the, the kids are there and the whole frat's there this time and my friend my actual friends like Adam what's up and then they came down and they're like oh whatever I go all right dude I took off my jacket I go let's go I'll take all four of you motherfuckers. At the time, I, just, I still was like a year out of college wrestling. I was like, I knew they couldn't fight. I'm like, come on, let's go. I, I go, let's go. Come on. You guys are fucking tough. And then one guy was like, oh, all right, fine. I'll fight you. And he tripped and fell and hit himself and almost broke his nose. Blood everywhere. He was that, he was that drunk. And then after that, they, like, they rushed to him. And then I walked out of like a fucking, like, a, like, a, like Clint Eastwood. They were like, oh, shit. And all the younger kids were like, that was badass, Adam. I'm like, you stood up to those motherfuckers. Uh, and this reminded me a little bit of like Cobra Kai. Uh, now, which philosophy do you like better? Do you like strike first or do you like defense? Sean. Uh, the way I've always been, I'm like very nice and tolerant to a degree. And then I'll ruin your life or maybe murder you if you really push me. So that's kind of not the best way to live because sometimes the wrong guy catches it on the wrong day. You know, like maybe I'm mad about something else. But yeah, if you're, um, I almost got jumped in Las Vegas one time by a bunch of guys. It doesn't matter if they were Mexican or not, but they were. Um, I was, long story, I was walking back from the middle of nowhere in downtown Las Vegas all the way to the Strip because I was an idiot. And uh, I got circled by a bunch of dudes at like two in the morning. I could tell they were like, one was going down this train, like on top of it. One was sneaking behind this fence. So I just picked up a couple of like rocks and started throwing them at them, like big ones, like baseball size and try to get them to come out and fight me. 
So in that case, like if you're gonna get jumped, I say strike first always, or if you know the person's gonna attack you, you know, uh, it just sucks if you're wrong and then you um, go to jail. So like it turns out they weren't trying to fight you at all. But uh, I don't know, I'm pretty, you're pretty, it's pretty easy to tell what people's intentions are. So I always looked at it, and this isn't the right way to be, but I always said, like, if you spit in my food and I stab you over it, I guess you shouldn't have spit in my food. You know, like, you get what you get for starting it, you know? And, uh, like, I don't know that that's – I always go overboard, but if you had not started with me to begin with, there would be no problem. So. Don, you? Well, I usually get so drunk I don't even know that people throw up a fight <laughs> until um, <laughs> I get a black eye, and then, and then I get up after it. You know, but sometimes <laughs> I just I just ain't smart enough to know it, but I'm in a fight until you know halfway through it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing about the, the Cobra Kai that bothers me though is that Johnny keeps getting his ass kicked. Like he get he gets beat up by everybody, and <laughs> like yeah, yeah. he's the guy you like the most. He never beats fucking Larusso. Like like the one time that the double knockout, I, I spoiler, sorry, uh, but. <laughs> That that was that was kind of funny. The double did he win the double knockout or no? You couldn't tell, right? Uh, yeah, I think it was even, right? Did they say? Yeah, I can't yeah remember. It was even. <laughs> and um, then he gets, but but how good is the other guy? Uh, the the Cobra Kai, what's his name? Terry Silver. Like, yeah. why is he the best ever? Like, why is he it, so good? <laughs> whatever made him successful in business, apparently he's got the he's got the uh, magic. Uh, formula because that dude is awesome at everything he does i will say you know don talked about being drunk back in the day uh i was i think in el paso texas one time and the first time i'd ever met don first time i ever met carl parisian and watching a drunk don argue with a high carl parisian on wh which generation's fighters were better don's or caro's when the generations were only like seven years apart or something like weren't only that much uh they were arguing was one of the highlights of my life it was the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life because if you've ever i don't know if you ever met carl he's something else but uh him and Don arguing about who would have won, you know, Dan Severin or I don't know, whoever Carl was talking about was awesome. You think Carl's an example of a guy that could have been one of the best ever, but just drugs? Dude, if, if yeah. you consider, I mean, if you, if you talk to people that grapple, like that have trained under him, like Neil Melanson is extreme couture's coach. I guess he got his black belt from the 28 year old Carl Parisian. And when you figure Carl walks around about 160 pounds and was fighting at 170 in the UFC and dominating, you know, most guys when he was a, uh, yeah, he's, he's really good, man. Like, really, really good. Yeah, I think the problem is that, like, Armenians don't have, like, that many great – they have a lot of great fighters are Armenian, but they don't have any, like, superstars. So, right. Carl is, like, a superstar. Like, people may not know Carl in, like, Oklahoma, wow. but in Glendale, he's, like, the Michael Jordan of Glendale. <laughs> it's like <laughs> – like, and same thing with Manny Gambarian. Like, Manny – because I trained a couple times over at, at uh, Go Course – and uh, Manny's like revered, revered. So I think in some ways it almost probably throws them off because he's like he's he gets accept, he, maybe he gets drugs thrown at him or too many fight too many cars or women or whatever. And uh, he would have been better off not being that way because right. he would have maybe he wouldn't have had all those things. He is like the <laughs> the dude is like the Conor McGregor of Glendale. I heard that, uh, you know, they always say someone's the Michael Jordan of this or that. I heard that Michael Jordan was actually the Michael Jordan of having your father murdered at a highway rest stop. Oh, my God. Dude, Michael Jordan is like, talk about petty. My, Michael Jordan's <laughs> Hall of Fame speech where he, he invited the guy that got drafted over him in high school, had him stand up, <laughs> and then just basically said, look at what I am and look at what you are. <laughs> like, 
That's what you need to do with your four guys from high school. Find out where they are now and call them out on national TV. But like, he's basically, or maybe, or maybe it was like the guy. Yeah, he basically like picked the guy that like, like didn't make it and just like shit on the guy. Like the guys, like the guy doesn't have to go like. His life is hard wasn't enough. Wasn't it the coach that cut him? I think it was the coach that cut him in high school. It was the coach that cut him, right? He, he, yeah, I mean, so he had him stand up. Yeah, I was like, hey, like, look what happened. <laughs> or whatever. Like, it's, yes, you were wrong on that one. He had some Terry Silver in him on that one. Oh, my God. No, he, no he's the mo- he is like Terry Silver of basketball. I mean, basically, like, he would make up stories that didn't happen to him uh, <laughs> and just to like, motivate himself. I mean, he really is. Uh, I, Terry Silver is hilarious, though, because in the beginning, he's actually a pretty good guy. And then he just transforms into like the biggest piece of shit again at the end. But in the beginning, he was like, you know, he was retired. He was reflective. He did therapy. He did all that. And then <laughs> the old coach comes in. <laughs> <laughs> Brings it back. Completely turns him. Like for no reason. Like he just ruined that guy's life again. I, yeah, he did save him in Vietnam. But like I think he made up for it when he was homeless and he gave him the whole thing again. He gave him a dojo. Right. It was no you see Terry, at the end, Terry Silver getting back on top was like he he would play the long game and is on top again, man. Like that was the best. Oh, that was it, the best thing ever, dude. It was. It's, it's it really is. That show is like unbelievable. Um, uh, super super happy about it. Um, and then uh, although I do wish at the end, I don't know uh, the, the but but I'm I'm gonna ruin it for everybody watching it. I don't. It's hard to talk about something and not ruin it. But it, uh, it's a funny show. I mean, the writing is great. The thing is great. The one kid who comes back is the best. The 35-year-old that wanted to be in that was yeah. the guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, gosh. It's some animal fish, name. Swordfish or something? Or, yeah, that guy. Oh, anyway, let's talk about uh, some fights, some real fights. Oh, really? What did she say? She was like, she was like, she said she loved it so much. Oh, nice. Yeah, my, can I tell the, the crowd or not? So my wife actually works for uh, for Peyton List. She plays the the bad girl, or she plays Tori. That's what that's works for. What uh, you cut out works on what for Peyton, the, the girl that plays Tori. Oh, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. She, she works with my wife on some things, and she's super nice and cool. Um, all right, let's talk about some fights. And Ganu well, said he wants to box either Wilder or or Tyson Fury. I that he's gonna get killed. Correct. Well, you better win this next fight first before he starts worrying about fucking doing something else. You know, that's the problem in the fight game is looking past your next opponent, and that's that's always a, a losing strategy. But how is a guy that has not had one pro boxing match gonna go? Why would he fight a guy against the two best guys in the world? That have had hundreds money. of amateur boxing yeah. matches and then thirty pro money. Yeah, of course money. But is this the only way these guys can make money? Is to get knocked out by pro boxers? <laughs> it's got to be I another mean, way. To make money. What the hey, people, people. What are you the saying? problem with what his problem is if he if he wins his next fight, he's still stuck in the UFC for at least one more, and they'll drag it out for a year. So he's not doing that. He could beat Deontay Wilder because, like, Wilder's just like him. They just swing wild and hope for the best, you know, or whatever. I mean, I think if it's if assuming his power is anywhere near the same with boxing gloves, which I'd have to think it is, uh, I, I don't think he's going to catch Fury with anything. I think Fury's just too – Yeah, but, I mean, Fury also quick. went, like, three amazing fights with Wilder. Uh, That's what I'm saying. I'm saying I don't think Ngannou's going to beat Fury, but I think he'd have a chance against Deontay Wilder because really? – uh, I mean, there, I mean, there are a lot of guys that punch really, really hard 
Uh, Not like Ngannou, though, man. I've never seen, in my life, never seen anybody close to Ngannou. I, I don't even know how that's possible. What he, he knocks people out with like six inch punches. It's the craziest you thing. That, you don't think that one guy from Cuba, <laughs> that, that, that guy Yo, that's 60 years old, that just fought last week, what's his name? The guy that fought last week on Fox Sports, like that guy from Cuba who, who almost beat Ngannou. Uh, I forgot the guy's name. Uh, I mean, not Ngannou, he, he almost beat uh, Wilder a couple times. Ortiz. You don't think Ortiz hits uh, that part of him? I don't think as hard as. Uh, Man, I don't know. It's a, I don't know with boxing gloves, it can change a lot, you know, whatever. But I know with uh, Ngannou, I've never seen anybody. I mean, he dropped Kane, the last guest, with a three-inch hammer fist, like dropping, you know, like it's just craziest power I've ever seen. Football. And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. Okay. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. You got to head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code CLNS50 to receive your bonus. It's not just football, okay? Bet Online has pro and college hoops, they got NHL, they got boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. All right, let's get back to the podcast. All right, we got Uncle Creepy here, by the way. I didn't, I forgot to tell you guys he's coming. Uh, that's how professional this is. Uh, Uncle Creepy's here. Creepy. What up, man? How are you guys? How are you? Do you think uh, Nganu has a chance in boxing against Wilder or Fury? Um, Wilder, yes, because he rushes in and Wilder's defense isn't the best. Um, where I think Fury can stick and move, stick and move. You know, and, and, and then, I mean, when is Francis fought someone that's really bigger than him? Right, 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 right. You know, so. so the last time we talked to Uncle Creepy, Ian McCall. Oh, is it it's not, it's not Creepy or not? No, I don't use Uncle Creepy anymore. That finally got rid of that fucking name. Um, <laughs> oh, I liked it, man. I liked it. I was bummed out that I never thought of it. Shit. Yeah. I, was, I, thought, I thought that was the best. That was the best uh, name and the second best mustache in the place. Is that Uncle, is that Uncle Don I hear? That's Uncle Don. Yeah. <laughs> Don is people's creepy uncle. He is. How are you doing, man? <laughs> good, brother. How are you? Doing, doing very, very good. Happy to, happy to be here. Happy to be so, alive. Life is beautiful. Last time we talked to you, you were opening up a church of mushrooms. Uh, and you were an ordained minister. Uh, and you also were teaching people. You were helping people. I saw you on Real Sports, by the way. That was incredible what you did for that guy. For uh, Dean, Dean Lister. Yeah, for Dean Lister. Have you, you, you watched that, Sean? Oh, I haven't seen it. Dude, like Dean Lister... Is there, is there a way uh, we can get this feedback coming behind you, Creepy? Is there any way you can go with it? No, let me go in the house. Sorry. I'm, I'm in a gym. I'm at my coach's house. So Dean Lister was literally taking like, I don't know, drinking like 15, 20 beers a day, pills, 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 oxys, just in the worst shape I've seen someone. I mean, awful shape. He gained a shit ton of weight. He was And Creepy took him. It's on real sport. Well, are we talking about me or Dean Lister? Uh, so, uh, Creepy took yeah, him, did, did like some type of fight in the, um, you never saw my last fight, 
in my career how bad I looked. <laughs> no, no, but this was like I sad. Like, I mean, I mean, Don, you were never I sad. Like Bozo the clown. I took like Bozo the clown after a bender, uh, six months bender with beer and donuts. Uh, well, the, creepy like did some kind of service with this guy. Took him to this like private room with a bunch of not private, like a bunch of people. Gave him some psychedelics and got the guy clean and sober and happy. I would say in 48 hours, the guy was bawling, crying, dealing with all kinds of emotional trauma. It was the saddest thing to watch, but then he was sober. Uh, it was incredible. I don't know if he's still sober, um, but uh, you, that was like, talk about like, cause I've always been a little bit on the fence with stuff like that, but man, that was incredible. So hats off to you, Creepy. That was really incredible what you did for that guy. Thank you. I'll, I'll explain it a little bit further. We did a mushroom ceremony through a plant medicine church that I'm a part of that I'm a sort of preacher for. Um, you know, I, I work heavily in psychedelics. That's why uh, I have the ear of the UFC. I set up a, a study with Johns Hopkins University that they actually had to turn down recently, and I took it upon myself to do my own study through the Heroic Hearts Project, which is a big nonprofit um, that I'm creating my own arm of to do fighters. I work with them with their veterans. Uh, I help coach people. And we're taking 15 veterans and 15 fighters down to Jamaica, I do believe, in March. Right now, that's the, that's the to-be-continued to be to, uh, date. Uh, the, the date we're looking at right now is in March. Um, so I get to save 15 of my best friends from fighting from brain damage and from the traumas that made them inevitably, inevitably be a fighter in the first place. What drove you to climb into a cage in your underwear to fight people for blood money? You know, and then on top of that, we're going into a cage and we're giving and receiving PTSD the whole time we're there. So if I can help heal my friends that did this and chose this life, um, then I'm stoked. I have a, you know, uh, a young bare knuckle boxer that I'm working with and wants to do it, you know, mid, mid career. So it's, you know, some of it's sports performance and a good part of the major part of it is just traumatic brain injury healing. Um, and, and this is my first podcast talking about this, but I'll, I'll be looking to, to get any, like I said, I, I need 15 people. I also need $300,000 for the whole thing, but it's through the Imperial college of London. Um, you know, they're going to run all the analytics for us. We're going to, you know, this is 100% legal. It's not, not even done in this country. So, um, you know, everything's above board and th this scientific information we will then be uh, in control of the narrative. You know, I, I tried to give this to the UFC and Johns Hopkins and they, they couldn't come to terms because not enough people have brain damage in the UFC. And, uh, and, and Johns Hopkins wanted too big of a number of people. So I had to take it upon myself to do this. And luckily I'm doing it with people that I trust and an organization that I trust in, in the Imperial College of London. Well, I know, uh, can we nominate people? Please, everyone start emailing me names or introducing me to people on social media or if it's you, find me on social media through Ian McCall. I'm shadow banned on Instagram. So you either have to look up the McCall method, which is my business, or email me at ian at themccallmethod.com on my website, the McCall method. If you want to find me on Instagram, it's really hard. I mean, I was just on the cover of LA Weekly doing this sort of stuff. That's 16 million copies get printed. I don't know how many 20, 30 million people see that. I've had no traction on social media. Like I really need to start doing a lot of podcasts. I know, Stephen, I'm, I'm trying I know to, Stephen Bonner might be good, a, a good person to. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm friends with Stefan and, and I know I need, he's one of the people I definitely need to help out. Um, I, I've been doing comedy with him for the last couple of years as you know, a, a more of a, a hobby. Uh, and you know, people like that, these people that I, I looked up to as a kid, 
then I became friends with them and peers and, and, you know, like fucking Chuck Liddell is one of my best friends. You know what I mean? Like, uh, I, I, I get to just be these, I get to, you know, be so close to these individuals that showed me how to be a world champion and showed me to me how to be this person. So the least I can do is try and, you know, help these people with, with their bodies and their brains. Uh, and then also provide some sort of um, life after the, after fighting, because, uh, I have got a giant coaching program that I'm the, the director of psychedelic education for, for better you ketamine. And I'm trying to get like, much like a yoga certification. I'm trying to get all my athletes that I, that I put through my studies, um, proficient in all the, all the modalities, the healing modalities that I work with breath work, meditation, yoga, uh, psychedelic integration, nutrition, so then they can go on and be coaches for other fighters, for executives, for normal people, whoever it is that uh, chooses to use them as a coach. Um, I'm just trying to build a, a better life for these, these fighters post, uh, what about career. Guys, what about guys that were heavyweights that like have terrible back injuries and they can't get off their couch? Uh, <laughs> make fun of Brendan Schaub all day. Uh, well, <laughs> That's a lot of those. Uh, is, there, is, is there a guy there? Is there anything there? Yes. Uh, that there's a few slots for that. We need super heavyweights. Um, so what do you think? Actually, I was going to try to get my brother to come out there. We talked to him last time. He was, uh, I told you my brother's a raging alcoholic, right? Like yeah. drinking himself literally to yeah. death. Ian said, like, get a hold of me this night. I told my brother about it, talked to him about it for an hour or two. He's like, no, I'm not interested. And I was like, no, I mean, like, try to show him the John Hopkins University studies on psilocybin, how it's having like a 90% cure rate on alcoholism and drug addiction, which I don't know if Ian was in on any of that or knows about. I'm sure he knows about it. But, uh, begged my brother and it basically came down to he's not interested he doesn't want to quit drinking i was like well there's your answer then never mind if you don't want to stop drinking then you know like uh but uh I've, i mean I've, I've been a big big advocate of that kind of study man they really are having amazing results on the uh psilocybin specifically is what i've been reading about on it just giving people basically their moment of clarity you know don, uh, you've, been, you've, been, don you've been in more wars than anybody i've ever met do you have any kind of ptsd from fighting not a bit, buddy. Not a bit. I'm fine. I'm, <laughs> it, it doesn't bother me a bit. That's good, man. I, I, that's just the way – I feel like PTSD has Don Fry. Uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> this, this is the thing, though. You know, we, we might not even have these outward symptoms, but those sort of things get trapped inside of our tissue. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's just helping these people, you know – release these things that get beaten into us, beaten out of us, because what happens is, is those trauma, whether it's physical, mental, it becomes inflammation in the body. Inflammation in the body then turns into things like depression, IBS, Alzheimer's, cancer, shit that'll kill you in the end. So, um, you know, we, we, we might say, Hey, I'm good. I'm fine. Well, that stuff happened to you and anything that happened to you as a human through the human condition, the human path, we have a lot of trauma involved. You know, that's just, that's just life. So to get these individuals as a, just what I'm trying to use fighters as is a case study. You know, the most finger quotes fucked up individuals who were driven to be a fighter in the first place. Then they got in that cage and they did these things in front of everybody on TV. Um, well, if I can heal them, I can inevitably heal kids because kid, kids are the ones that, that, you know, if, if you look at two brains in a, in a study, in a scan here, you have my brain on the right looks just like the brain on the left, but we know what I did. I got brain damaged into drugs and did all this crazy shit. The one on the left looks just like mine, but that's a kid. That's a kid that was repeatedly raped. Um, so let that sink in and realize that, you know, why are we looking at people as they're addicted or slutty or stupid? Change your name from Uncle Creepy because kids probably wouldn't sign up for that study. 
<laughs> you know what? kind of hard. The, 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 the Playing ice part. cream music, you know. <laughs> you, 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 you and now candy and, and stuffed animals playing ice cream music while they're signing yes. up. In the back, in the, in the in the back of your van. <laughs> <laughs> now, Uncle Creepy Man, I've known you, man. You've you're such a interesting human being because I knew you when you were like top of your game. I still consider you one of the top, uh, you know, three featherweights of all time. Uh, you know, you you were you you, you have legitimate win over over what was that? Flyweight. Fly, flyweight. Sorry, flyweight all the time. I mean, you have a legitimate win over Demetrius Johnson. Fuck what anybody says. Uh, who people consider the goat. Um, and then, then I met you when you were in your like player phase, where you would only bang girls if they had more than a million followers on Instagram. Like that was a thing you actually did. <laughs> Like, what if they had like nine hundred and eighty-four thousand? Like, did you say like only a blowjob or something? Like, what? what like, did, was that a cutoff or? or uh, that was me being a douchebag and acting out my traumas. What? Well, <laughs> how, how did I get those traumas? Can we, can we sign up for? Can I get those? Can I sign up for trauma? <laughs> I, I want no. the reverse. I, I want to get those traumas. Can I take your course and go the opposite way? You, you, it's only there's only a few of us out there. Got and, it. Uh, you know, uh, it's, then, it's, then you became a comic. Uh, you're, you're a very funny person. You're, you're hilarious. Then you were with this girl, this girlfriend, and I was a little concerned about you because you were dating this like six foot two, beautiful German doctor, but you said that she was doing experiments on you. No, 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 no. no it was a, a Serbian scientist. <laughs> oh, it was. Dude, all right, a six foot two Serbian scientist. Well, you fucked that up. <laughs> but you said she was using you as her guinea pig for for study uh and i was a little concerned because you say everything with the same monotone like way so when you say these things i don't like think about it till i leave and then, oh yeah i'm like i'm like oh it all makes sense and then like an hour later i'm like wait did he just fucking tell me that like she's doing studies on him uh th like did she have you like in a cage like like how did that work well, you know, she's, she's a, a pretty famous scientist and very smart person. And she's the one that helped me build my psychedelic business. She's the one that, that educated me more than anybody else. I, I, this is the thing. There is no degree you can get on psychedelics. But I just so happen to be friends with people from the 60s and 70s, from people from all over the, the psychedelic community. And these people enjoy taking high-dose psychedelics with me and talking, philosophizing, talking about science. Or they appreciate my my uh, ex my psychedelic exuberance, my love for science and the performance by benefits of it. Not just the healing side of it, but the actual sports performance benefits. Um, you know that get me the attention of the UFC and get me the attention of Johns Hopkins and and, and organizations like Unlimited Sciences and all these scientific spots. Um, but I, I'm lucky. I had she was my mentor in science, and she taught me while running experiments on me, um, while you know building programs, uh, building programs because of me, um, you know, so I, she, she still owns half my business. When you say running experiments on you, can we back up a little bit there? Uh, what type of experiments was she running on you? Um, we were doing breath work stuff and drug related things and, you know, s sports performance with psychedelics. She, she helped, she helped me build the McCall method. 
which is all through traumatic brain injury healing, through food, diet, exercise. Sean, you're um, laughing right now. I feel like when Ian leaves, you're going to have like 10 funny things to say. Can you at least say them when they're, he's here? Because I feel no, like a lot I of people are just... like, you, you, you say these things after they leave because like, you store them up. Please t- t- talk to me. Please. No, I was, gonna, I was just going to, when you said a German doctor does experiments on you, I was trying to come up with something like <laughs> Joseph Mangel or something. I was really working hard on it and I had nothing. And then uh, I was in, I was in, with something he said made me think of, I was laughing because uh, somebody was asking me one time if I'd ever do DMT. And I'm like, no, I'm afraid I wouldn't come back. Like, you know, like, well, you always come back. I'm like, but what if that 10 minutes you're gone feels like a hundred years, you know? Yes. And then I was like, no, I've been married before. I guess I could do it. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, that's what uh, I was actually was going to ask you in if, uh, is he ever afraid on psychedelics or DMT or anything like that, that you won't come back or if you do, but it'll seem like a lifetime that you were there. I've never done any psychedelics. So I don't know. That happens all the time where you're there and it feels like an eternity or their whole lifetime. Um, but that's whatever you're, you're still sitting in the same couch spot you were in 12 minutes ago. Um, so you're going to be just fine. Or I'll tell people like, Hey, let's smoke some DMT or whatever. Over the last, I remember I was, where was I? I was at Chuck, I was with Chuck Liddell and I was at Jeremy Renner's house and I, cause he's got all these ridiculous famous friends. And I was trying to talk them into smoking DMT with me. And they're like, no bro, that's the stuff your brain produces when you, uh, when you die. I was like, doesn't that sound awesome? Like, <laughs> it's fucking, and this was, this was terrifying this was, to me. But. Yeah, this was a, and it, okay, it can be. Taking psychedelics realistically, this isn't something that I do for fun. I don't, I don't take veterans and athletes to the jungles to heal for a good time. It's, it's the hardest shit you'll ever do. It's not a good time. It's not fun. But we have to extract this shit out of us so we can be better people. Because if you look at certain fighters, let's take, Conor McGregor and John Jones right now. Those guys should not be looked at as villains. Those guys should be looked at as martial artists. They should be looked at as fucking heroes. And they're not. And they both need to be healed. So I would love to take both of them to the jungles or the deserts or the forest, feed them really high doses of mushrooms or ayahuasca or ibogaine or, or San Pedro. Or I- country. Go on. No, I'm just saying, like, as, a mar- as martial artists, we need to be held to a higher standard. That's how I teach the kids that I teach. That sounds and, like the best know, movie I've ever seen. You, McGregor, <laughs> and John Jones in fucking Bolivia, like, <laughs> on mushrooms. I can't think, like, that would be like, like sign me up. I'll, I'll, I'll buy my ticket right now to see that movie. Well, there, there, will be, there will be footage of what we're doing, of course. I, I was on HBO filming stuff. You know, I'm, I'm, I put put my, by the way, but I heard Dean relapsed. Did he relapse? Yeah, but Dean's not, Dean's doing much better. Dean is doing much better. You know, like the thing is, is abstinence isn't always the key. Some people shouldn't be abstinent. It's just doesn't work that way. So you have to learn how to heal yourself. So you don't act out with alcohol or sex or drugs or whatever it is. You know, I mean, we're all going to act out eventually. Like, you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be this head coach for this big company and this stuff and teach people how to do this. I still act that all the time. Um, you know, so it's just like, you got to try and manage yourself and manage your expectations of others. Um, well, a lot of people are into it, man. I, I talked to Cejudo, him and Kelvin Gastelum went with like Mike Tyson and did some kind of DMT thing with, in, in Canada. I heard a story about Mike Tyson. That wasn't Canada. That was that they. I was working with Mike. For, I was working with Mike for a while in that whole group. I heard a story where Mike Tyson's one of the people that worked with him said that they they heard Mike Tyson had a bad trip and was going and was like in the Hollywood Hill, no, in like Malibu Canyons, and there was like thirty shaman or shaman monks running for their lives, and the guy had to run up 
and, and he pulls up and he like people are running for the life and then Mike Tyson's shirtless just fucking like the Terminator and people are like Mike Tyson's having a bad trip and all these monks are just running down the the Malibu Canyon and the guy had to like <laughs> calm him down. This happened like a couple months ago. Did you hear that story? All the kung fu in the world didn't do that. Okay, so listen, it's Mike Tyson. I was I was working with those guys for a while. <laughs> Mike even said it on stage. I'm not saying anything that Mike didn't say already. Mike is a junkie for psychedelics. He he spoke at the first major psychedelic conference with me uh, on a different day, and he admitted to being a junkie for psychedelics, which was really fucking inappropriate. And um, and you hear you constantly hear bad stories of Mike, who is someone I sat with and gave medicine to. I saw him freak out too. People, people don't hold Mike accountable. And, I, and I, I'm not, you know, like, uh, okay, Mike tried to fight me as well. So that's one thing. I, I'll, I'll tell the story on your, on your thing because Mike tried to fight me. I won't go into why. Um, but, you know, and number one, I'm not fucking afraid of Mike Tyson. He's old and slow and I'll choke him out. But um, the fact that, like, you have people like that in the world that aren't being held accountable for what they're doing. You know, and you can't, you can't like, the guy has bad trips all the time. I, I constantly hear stories of it. So what he tried to you know, fight you? So he wanted to like throw a punch at you, or? Oh yeah, he tried, and then I ended up. I, I was well outnumbered in a house with attack dogs and fucking and so that, the person's house that I actually like thoroughly enjoy and like, um, who who is you know an individual you don't cross, um, and we had a business meeting and Mike just tried to fight me over some bullshit. And um, him back, or did he actually get a punch on you? Did he hit you? No, I stood up. He was started to threaten me, so I stood up like, "All right, this is going to be funny. <laughs> this is going to be a good story." Um, and then, you know, the person who owns the house made me leave. He just looked at me and was like, mm-hmm. "So, what was your what was your plan if he would have attacked you?" Uh, I was going to throw a lamp at him, and then I was going to take his back and choke him out. <laughs> you want to see crazy, motherfucker? I, you know, I don't care, and I know how big you are. I've hugged you so multiple you saw, times. So you, so you see, you get up there. Mike Tyson's got you. You obviously know who Mike Tyson can let a punch on you. If he does, you're fucked. Um, so you, you're looking over at lamps and you're like, Oh, I'm going to throw that lamp at him. And then what, like ankle pick him or rear, or like, how would you get him down? Uh, the, Oh yeah. I would go body lock just like Daryl Christians always taught me, you know, he's look at the body lock attack that Daryl uses, uh, a body lock attack to his back and either sit him down or just take his. So you would get it. Really, so you would get like double unders to a, to a body lock. You're not worried. Or about I would just double leg him into the wall, and people. It was a house full of people and dogs and shit. It wouldn't have got broken up real quick. It would have been like I said. It would have been funny. But so you would have like like just rushed him, body locked him, not worried about an uppercut or anything or a knee. Maybe throw a lamp high at somebody. I can get under it. <laughs> you know what would really suck is even after you beat up Mike Tyson, you'd be thinking, man, I just fought Mike Tyson for free. That would be right? worth it. But you were gonna right? throw. And- <laughs> you're gonna throw a lamp in the air. Distract him. He'd be like, "Oh, look, throw a lamp. lamp in the air. I'm a little catch. No, I'm gonna fucking throw it at his face, <laughs> and oh, and it's a heavy ass lamp. And then I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go low and take him down and fucking crawl him like a ladder, and then take his neck and then I'm gonna choke him out and then leave him there and then run away fast because he is crazy. It's he's Don, 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 Don Fry. What do you think about this this uh, plan of attack? Uh, better plan than I came up with. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what did you come up with? Well, I'd have done bunny shadows on the wall, you know, and distracted him. Then I just sort of ran out of there, you know, but, screaming like shadows. a woman. <laughs> Wait, you pretend you were a bunny on the wall, like like bunny shadows, and <laughs> ran away? Hand shadows, you know, when you make hand shadows for your kids or the lamp. 
Uh, McCorkle, what would you do if Mike Tyson wanted to fight you? I'd protect my ears, I'll tell you that. That one was too easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that Mike Tyson could beat me up at this age. He's not really that big a dude, and he is almost 60. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But, he, but have you seen him spar lately, though? He looks fucking crazy good shape. Yeah. Roy Jones looked amazing. He looks like he's on some stuff. I mean, yeah, I was gonna say he's not just a junkie for psychedelics. He's a junkie for HGH and other uh, hey, chemicals too. Apparently, you, I'm gonna be doing that same shit when I'm that age, so I can't knock him. <laughs> so I did right, it. So I wasn't even that. Age. I'm already doing a bunch of peptides. What am I talking about? So have you um, thought so. about? So I, I, I creepy. I, I know you, right? So you don't take who wants to fight you. You take it fucking very like personal. Did you think about maybe setting up a fight with you and Mike Tyson on the mm-hmm. thriller? I don't, bro. I don't fight anymore. Come on, you still train more. You still train. I don't. I, that was. I trained one fighter. I trained Mark Mark Irwin, the Shark Irwin from Barrel Boxing. Um, I teach jujitsu a little bit. I wrestle at the high school rarely. Um, bro, I'm not. I'm not a fighter anymore. You're like that 180. Part, I, yeah, I, you're I, 180. You're in great shape. No, 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 no. I'm 165, maybe. Uh, I'm jacked though, and chicks fucking dig it. Um, <laughs> No, it's uh, it's just I don't know. I this is just how I look because I work out really hard all the time. Um, kind of a hermit. I just coach people and but yeah, I, I I don't I don't I don't like doing violence to myself or other people outside of like recreation, like choking each other. Um, you know, like jujitsu or wrestling, but it's all technical. I don't even roll that hard. I like rolling. And you coach my kids, by the way. Uncle Big, you actually came to my middle school. I did. A great wrestling seminar. Uh, and you were so good with these kids, and it was uh, a thank you for that, man. That was Sean came too and helped out. Although Sean didn't know any wrestling moves. Yeah, I knew uh, I didn't know any wrestling, so I was like, yeah, I can't really help you guys out very much. Ah, well, you, <laughs> thank you for letting me. Oh, dude, that was the best. That was the best. Um, now, no, but but uh, back to uh, Cejudo, um, he's into it. Kelvin, I think, is into it. Luke Rockhold's into it big time. Kane. Kane. Uh, also, um, Rashad Evans. <laughs> Yeah, Rashad and I shot a documentary a couple of years ago about mushrooms with uh, an organization called Unlimited Sciences. And yeah, Rashad, I mean, I'm going to try and I would like to bring, you know, Chuck, Rashad, my brother, Antonio Benuelos, my best friend, uh, Kane, uh, Tiffany Vensoist is interested, Carla Sparza, maybe Ashley Evans-Smith. I haven't really brought it up to her yet. Um, you know, people, please start emailing me, find me on Instagram. It's all one word, Ian McCall, and just Say, hey, I have brain damage. Um, not every fighter has to be a famous fighter. Um, that's just the people that I know in the, play, in the space. Uh, but I, I would, I want to, I already said I want to have a few spots allotted for just people. Just, just fighters that no one knows, no one, you know, just people in the sport. Because um, everyone deserves this. But, uh, yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. And, and you know, it's not always going to be to a lab. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't like labs. I don't like running analytics. Uh, I just, I wish everyone just would listen to me and just say, okay, you're, you know what you're talking about, but they don't. So I have to get the information, but, but what I'll be doing through my nonprofit, it's going to be called the Warriors Way, is taking fighters, whether that's MMA, boxing, kickboxing, um, and take them to the jungles to heal with shaman, because that's, that's, that's the best way to do it. It's a lot, that, that's really intense, being in the middle of nowhere in the jungle, in the hut, or in like a hacienda type yeah. building where... Well, I mean, somebody that like Road I think uh, would be great a bunch for people. This. That's heavy. Somebody that I think great for this is uh, Mark Hunt, who just sued the UFC and lost. 
Um, now he has to cover yeah. the lawyer fees. He says he wants to fight Dana White and the Fatita brothers. Uh, that's what he said recently. I don't think Dana, I don't think they're going to take him up on that. Um, no, no. I hope not. But uh, I, now, Sean, are you in Archon Cool? No, he never liked me since I fought him, man. He was one of my favorite three fighters of all time. Like, I took a picture with him the day before the fight. He was like, dude, you, would you sign this? You know what I mean? Or if I get it, you know, print or whatever. I was like, I like, you're like a hero of mine. He was like, and he was cool to me until I beat him. And then he didn't, didn't want to talk to me. I tried emailing him, tried to him on Twitter after the fight, asked if his arm was okay or whatever. And yeah, he doesn't like me. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he I mean, was the only opponent I ever had. I didn't talk trash about, like just to build up the fight. I didn't feel comfortable saying the only thing I said, someone asked me if I had ever fought a Samoan before, like on Twitter. And I said, no, but I fought a real fat Chinese guy once. So yes, with a question mark. That's the only thing I said that was in any way <laughs> talking trash to Mark Hunt. Other than that, and I that is funny. <laughs> yeah, I thought, uh, I thought so. Uh, now, but, Matt uh, Hughes. What, now, what, could Matt Hughes qualify for this? Yeah, um, you know, everyone deserves a second chance. Uh, you know, he he went through that truck he was in when he got hit by the train was actually my buddy's, my brother's, my buddy's truck or his family's truck. Um, yeah, whoever, whoever I can help, man. Like I said, I'm I'm just this this isn't going to be the only people. There's going to be way more people. This is just the initial group that's going to uh, be out. Are you, are you there? Yeah, yeah, we're here. Yeah. Hey, did he replace the truck when it got crashed? Oh, I have I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Don, for worrying about what obviously was on everyone's mind. Um, would uh, with Phil uh, Baroni? No, there's just been some things. That I've heard about um, about him, so I just want to, I just trying to collect information and see. Got if it. it. Uh, uh, I know there's a book review out there somewhere on his autobiography. Don, you should look into that. Uh, Mayhem Miller would have been perfect for this. Uh, he's in jail, and you even told me you're like, there's no way he doesn't end up back in jail. You're like, I love Mayhem, but he's gonna end up back in jail, and then now he's back in jail. Um, yeah, I mean, he he needs he needs serious psychiatric help. Like, I can't just take him to the jungles. Because he might freak out out there, you know what I mean? Like, but I think that's what that's the show. You, Baroni, <laughs> Matthews, <laughs> Stephen Bonner, Mayhem Miller, uh, <laughs> and Ashley Dude. Everson. It would be at least to be a porno at that point. Uh, <laughs> or an episode of Cops, also in addition to the documentary. <laughs> like. Like uh, right, I think I think that would be. Come on, we got that. That that show doesn't sell. I mean, uh, I don't want to be the camera guy in that show though. It's the only problem. Um, but uh, Gary, maybe Kendrick. you're a field doing Ultimate Fighter with all those guys, and Ian can coach one team, and I can mainly focus on psychedelics and not fighting. Uh, BJ Penn might be good for this. BJ Penn. Yeah. Yes, I, I was talking to BJ the other day. His dad passed away. Um, my condolences. Oh fuck. Obviously, I'm wearing the Hawaiian shirt. I didn't know that. Um, all right. You know. You know, BJ's parents were really good to a lot of us, like flying us yeah. out there and having us train yeah. with him and stay at their house. And his dad, like I've spent a lot of time with his dad picking me up and driving me places. Um, and yeah, I mean, BJ's, BJ's one of the people that is, is closest to me in this sport. Um, it's, you know, and he'll for sure. I've been asking him for a long time. I, I have talked to other people about getting him in the study. And now that it's actually coming to fruition, uh, Baroni? Um, we got Baroni involved? I wish. The last time I saw Phil, I think I fed him a bunch of mushrooms um, in Vegas. <laughs> um, we were at a charity event, and there was a charity poker tournament. I'm like, hey, Phil, you want some mushrooms? And, dude, getting him 
lit about on anything and talking or talking story about old school MMA talking about like Mark, uh, you know, just, just about the crazy pride days, just like <laughs> the stories, fucking Coleman, rah, like just the growls of everything. And, and the, the whole, just the, it's, it's hilarious, dude. It was one of the funniest yeah, nights. He, fight. he had a, he had a boxing match two weeks ago in Mexico. Uh, I'm not sure who he beat, uh, but he won. Uh, he won. He started, he started training people like in a garage in Mexico. I think he was dating some girl and uh, hooking up with her. Uh, the guy might have had jeans on during the fight, um, but, uh, but, but, but Phil won. So congrats to, congrats to Phil on his, uh, his oh, I love Uncle Phil, but you know, he's, yeah, I, I need to get a hold of people like that and really, but see, with, with certain people, you have to do more than just psychedelics. You know, like I, I'd have to run full um, stem cell or exosomal therapies and peptide therapies to help their brains even more because certain like me myself i was addicted to drugs so i needed peptides to get off i had um, a, a, acute amounts of brain damage um where i and addictions and just all this stuff where i had to heal so some people have to go a little bit deeper you know not all of us can have one crazy horse in there sure yeah I'll, I'll take anybody i don't care i just need to, i just need i need these i need these numbers so that i can well, put them in play now, he changed his name to felony he's now felony he changed of course, his name. Yeah, makes yeah. sense. Makes name, sense. Crazy horse. He won't even respond to crazy horse. He just says felony. <laughs> um, and then, if I have two felonies, he's got to have at least a dozen. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm just uh, saying. You talked to the Diaz brothers about this? I have not, but I, I'm going to reach out to Jake, actually. I need to call him today. Jake Shields. Um, and Gilbert, you know, because I remember meeting Gilbert in high school wrestling. I met Jake in high school too, actually, because I was the, I was the young kid, and Bo Taylor, Jake Shields, and Antonio Banuelos were wrestling with my friends in college, and they came down to uh, to, to my high school back in the day. <laughs> uh, what about Tank Abbott? We got Tank Abbott there. I, I would love to. I haven't seen him in a long time though. Don and, like Tank, Don and Tank are like still good friends. So yeah, I mean, dude, I I, I will he I will heal as many people as possible. I need donations. Um, I need donations to the nonprofit. If anybody, anybody wants to donate, donate to the Heroic, Heroic Hearts Project or just contact me and I'll, I'll walk you through it. It's not rocket science. I, I like this. What do you think, Sean, about this thing? I, I think maybe the craziest person you guys mentioned so far and no one but uh, me and Ian don't know this is Bo Taylor. That dude's out of his mind. Yes. Uh, <laughs> he calls himself One Man Army with a trademark and uh, that dude is, he's, that, I don't know, one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life, man. That Who is, dude is he? something else. He's a guy on on the underground. They call him OMA, but he, uh, dude, he he trolls people. It's like a master's class. It's the most. He's the one that came up with when someone says something talking trash to you, saying, "Man, you seem upset," and then the person gets even more upset. Like I'm not upset, you're upset. And he'll be like, "Oh my god, I've never seen one this upset before." When enter that argument, and just keeps telling them how upset they are until they're ready to come to his house and kill him. Like he's he taught me a lot about trolling. He taught me how to troll on the internet, man. I met him, and he was like, "Watch this!" It was amazing. Like oh, was watching he, him. Was like, he a good fighter? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he never went very. He never fought three or four times, but I guess Ian might know different. But uh, I guess he was really good for uh, no, no, no. whatever he did. You know? Boken fight. I mean, back in college when I was in high school, Jake, Antonio, Bo, a whole group of friends I had uh, up in up in San Luis Obispo. Uh, they went around beating up frat guys. I mean, I did the same thing too, but um, they were all really tough. Like they, they were training with hack. They were all college wrestlers. Um, so yeah, that, that was, they were, uh, they were an interesting group of people. 
Well, Bo's the Carol- guy who said that he Bo's the guy that said Timo was dead. He announced that Timo yes. was dead, and then TMZ yes. picked it up. And then <laughs> Timo had a press conference to announce he was alive. And the next day, Bo had a press conference to announce he was still dead. That, uh, <laughs> regardless of what you've seen, he did his own press conference. He is still dead. But uh, yeah, look up oh, OMA. Mark, Mark Kerr. OMA and Mark Kerr. And Bo Taylor is amazing. Is, is she not doing I'm guessing he's not doing well. Uh, he, he just, uh, I think when I saw him, he was doing much better, but I, I, I think he's still like the pain problems. I said, I think it's the pain medication, you know, still. Yeah. Like, yeah. Much, and and much that, that shit. It, dude, I was addicted to it for 20 years. It killed me at one point. Like you, you can, <clears throat> the way you heal that is, is yes, through abstinence, but you have to heal the receptors. You have to heal the brain matter first. Otherwise you're going to go right back into it. Um, I have a, someone who's very, very close to me who just got out of rehab again for fentanyl. And luckily they weren't shooting it up this time. They were just snorting it or smoking it. But, um, you know, the, you, you have to heal those receptors. Otherwise they, they, they cause, it's just brain damage. It's your brain isn't firing off properly. You're not thinking things through, uh, or you, you can't pay attention to things. You can't remember anything. You're just disoriented. It's brain, it's brain damage of a different type. Wow. Well, good for you, Ian. You're doing really good stuff, man. You're really making a difference to people. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm really, I'm proud to know you, man. That's, that's awesome. Uh, I will send you, I'll, I'll text you people's uh, numbers and stuff and I'll, I'll send them your way. And it's really cool. I know Don just went to Columbia and got a uh, stem cell, right? Oh yeah. Don? Don fell asleep. Don didn't get Wi-Fi, but yeah, he got stem cell treatment, right? <laughs> Is that what we got, Sean? Yeah, he went to that biocellerator place that uh, is either the most revolutionary thing in medicine of all time or they're doing a hell of a job of marketing it. I'm just glad I'm not nearly famous enough to even get a discount on it and Don got his for free. Yeah, well, and by the way, Ian, if you could help Sean anyway, the guy literally at one point was taking 30 oxys a day because of of pain in his back. Um, And he gained 120 pounds. He lost about 40 pounds, right? Yeah, I'm getting it back down there, man. But it was my back. I went to Germany to that uh, Dr. Welling or yeah, Peter Welling. I got that. It's where all the NBA and NFL players go. I got that done. My back helped a little bit. But I've been having, man, this back pain for years now. Like, it is it is hell on earth. And every doctor that sees it is like, first, if you say your back hurts, they think you're a drug addict. And then I always recommend they drug test me on the spot to see. Like, but it's, I've done, like I said, went all the way to Germany and paid $25,000 for that. I was going to go do the stem cells uh, where Don went, but they told me that they, from my MRIs, they can't guarantee they'll be able to help me. And so I'm like, well, if you can't help me, I, I assume I still owe you the money, right? Even if you're like, well, yeah, it's the same price either way. So um, I've got to, uh, yeah, it's basically, long story short, it's my L4, L5, and L5S1 facet joints have completely degraded to where it's just bone on bone, nerve on nerve. And it, uh, it doesn't stop. The only thing I take for it now is Kratom when I need it. Uh, and that's just because, I mean, it lessens it a little bit, but, uh, yeah, to get, I mean, anymore, man, it's so hard. You can't get a doctor to give you pain pills, let alone find them anywhere else. So it's, uh, it's become impossible. So, um, yeah, I just take when it's really, really bad, but, uh, I worry more about taking 12 Advil a day than I do anything else. I mean, it's, it's, I've tried everything. Stem cells is not really my last hope, but I mean, it's getting there. So, Well, I, I've got access to something called exosomes, which is a take a mesenchymal stem cell, a placental stem cell, and then enzymatically extract all the DNA out of it. And that's the thing with stem cells are great. They're, but if it has the same, you know, DNA, you might get a great stem cell, but you might also get, you know, Lyme's disease. 
I'm sure, I'm sure these are all tracked and, you know, accounted for where there's not disease in them, but you know, it can't happen. And also it has to have the same, it doesn't have skin DNA or joint DNA or, you know, what, what sort of part of the body is it working on? Otherwise it's not going to attach properly or attach at all. Um, so exosomes, if you take out the DNA itself, it's just a nanoparticle full of growth factors and, uh, and peptides. And, you know, you can use that to then inject into your body. And, and one of my friends, he grew back his C6 and C7 vertebra. Uh, really? he, he got paralyzed at um, the, he got paralyzed at the, uh, at Nitro Circus in Panama. He was Richard Branson's kiteboarding coach. And he crashed and was paralyzed. And then he's been the best case study I've seen with, with exosomes. Um, now, obviously, I don't know all the, the different things they have at BioAccelerator in Panama. My parents looked into it. Uh, I know it's really incredible. I'm sure there's a bunch of information they'd like to tell me that, you know, to educate me on. Um, but those things really work really well, man. And I know they're expensive, but I have people here in the U.S. that do it for way cheaper. And you probably, I mean, I don't even know if you'd have to be in California. Well, I'd have to just look. Um, but, for, you know, for people like yourself who have some sort of influence at one point where a professional athlete, uh, it, it at least gets you in the door with the company. So then, you know, you can, you can have a cheaper price and, and, you know, an easier connection to it. Yeah. That's what I heard when Don said he got us for free. I was like, well, let me try. I called up. Yep. $45,000. I was like, okay. So he's way more famous than me. So. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, those things are, it's hard to manufacture. And I, I, again, I don't know enough about the bio, bio accelerators process and what they're using, but the prices that they charge down there, are really gnarly. I'm guessing it's the amount they use. I mean, I should look into it more. But well, yeah, I think um, they give it to you via IV for like six days or seven days straight, so they blast your system with all kind of yeah. So it's not localized. You know, it's your whole. It's through an IV. That's what they told me anyway. Through an IV and millions, millions and millions or billions of stem cells at once. So yeah, come, come. No, they'll give you. They'll give you billions. Come to, like I said, come to Laguna, and I'll get you the same thing in an IV uh, on my buddy's couch. Um, you know, there's, if you know the right people, you can do anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's not illegal. That's the thing. It's all done through a doctor. And, um, well, Ian, where can people reach you? Uh, hit me up at, um, it's Ian at the McCall method.com is my Insta, my, my email, my Instagram is the McCall method. That's my business. That's not shadow band, but my actual Instagram where you can see all the LA weekly stuff, the HBO stuff, me and Forbes twice. Um, all this cool stuff I've been kind of doing in silence. Um, you just have to look at my name as one word, Ian McCall. I don't even know if it still pops up, but, um, check it out. Give me a follow. It'll ask you, are you sure you want to follow him? And, um, I, <laughs> I mean, awesome. are you, are you sure? I don't know. Apparently I'm, I'm, uh, like, are you sure you didn't mean get a COVID vaccine? Maybe that's what you <laughs> want to do. Yeah, yeah. Right. You know, and like, it's, it's, it's crazy because I put myself out on the line there. Like we're talking about, I, I'm, I'm in, LA Weekly was 16 million copies printed, and I'm talking about the fact that I I am I'm the face of a company that makes an illegal substance. I six, 16 million more people know I'm a drug dealer, and <laughs> um, and you know it's like I'm I'm a scientific researcher. That's what I do. But I, I put my neck on the line for for a brand that I believe in because we're making a product that's it's a gummy, it's a psilocybin gummy that's extracted. And these are meant for soccer moms, kids in school that don't want to take Adderall, brain surgeons that don't want to, you know, they want to be on point. It's just enough as a microdose to be subperceptual, so it turns your brain on, but it doesn't get you high. If you take the whole ten, sure, you'll get a little high, uh, more than a little high. But this is meant for one. This is one gummy at a time. This whole 
making gummies strong and have, you know, having, making them as powerful as possible. Not everyone's like me that wants to be stoned all day. Most people, the bigger market and the people that need it more, um, are these sort of people. So go check out Argos, 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 A-R-G-O-S on, uh, on Instagram as well, just to see the education we're doing with psychedelics, my puppet show. Um, I have a puppet show where we turn Terrence McGenna into a mushroom puppet. Uh, so, you know, I, 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 I'm trying to educate people about mushrooms. You know, I, 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 I like my whole industry. This isn't even my brand. Um, you know, I just like to promote the industry and promote the people that do this. And, and I'm trying to make it funny because puppets are hilarious. Yeah, and we're yeah. trying to do capsules with film, psychedelic film with Argos film, Argos art capsules with uh, people like Roland Berry and Esteban Oriol who did my LA weekly shoot. Um, trying to just do a bunch of cool stuff for, we'll be a burning man. We'll be doing a bunch of really cool art, artistic stuff. Cause I, I'm trying to build a, uh, an educational platform, but also a lifestyle platform for psychedelics. It doesn't, doesn't have to be tie dye and like, Oh man, I smell like chewy. it can be, it can be, different it can be like me i don't i don't wear really that sort of stuff or smell like patchouli uh you know so it's 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 not just it's not just for hippies like psychedelics are not just for hippies anymore it's for everybody so we're just trying to you know make it a cool community and um yeah thank you it'd be great to use those puppets to distract mike tyson before you attack him too i know right it's a good idea thank you Ian. take care brother no Have a good thank see you man too. see you guys a puppet show nothing like getting kids to want to do mushrooms. <laughs> oh my God. Love Ian. That dude. I could be wrong, but Ian seems like he genuinely wants to help people, man. Like he really does think like, I guess his passion, you know, to help people. 1000%. Uh, Don thoughts. I don't have any at this moment, man. I, I stuck <laughs> up and did a couple of lines, you know, and, um, <laughs> I got muted and uh, I'm just yeah, I mean, kind of, like uh, a fucking wind tunnel in the background. <laughs> I'm sitting outside Don, is your, it's, between between I, us and everyone listening. Place I found I can get reception. Yeah. What were you saying? Don, between us and everyone that watches this, is your back really considerably better? Oh shit. Did I lose you? No. <laughs> is your back that means all right, Sean asked you, is your back considerably better? You know, partner, um, it's good now. It kicked in a couple of days ago. It started feeling really great again. And um, I'm like, shit, I hope I don't screw it up again. So so I'm going to uh, go back to celibacy for a while and make sure I don't, don't fuck it up um, <laughs> the way I fucked it up the last time, you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens. Yeah, you got to stop fucking those sheep. Um, now... <laughs> So, the reception was now, are you in California or in Nevada? I'm in California. <laughs> I thought you moved to Nevada. No, I never moved. Oh, I'm fuck, just I got that all fucked up. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just there a lot. Now, uh, all right, last question of the day Who wins in a fight, Mike Tyson or Uncle Creepy? Uh, depends. I mean, if all Tyson's got to do is stand one and it's over. Right, know? right, right. But I like Creepy's lamp thing, though. I, I, I didn't realize there was a lamp involved. Because uh, at first I thought... I, I, would change that. I would change the betting odds for sure. Like if he's <laughs> like 
instead of like plus seven, plus four, like plus lamp, heavy lamp, it'd be like, dude, I, I don't know. That could sway the odds. I mean, if, there's, if there's objects involved, like a foreign object, I got to go with I, like, Creepy had a whole strategy. Like Tyson wasn't expecting a lamp to be thrown in his head, you know? And he was on well, psychedelics at the time, too. So. <laughs> nobody is. So if there's, if there's lamps being thrown, if he throws a lamp in his head, he's got to, like, dodge the lamp, right? And then, to, and then he goes in for well, a double or a low single. Well, like Sean, like Sean said, he might think it's just a psychedelic effect and not even duck, you know, shit. And then again, <laughs> what, what damage is the lamp going to do to Mike Tyson's head? You know, <laughs> yeah, <a> <laughs> talk about turning Mike's lights out, right? Anyway, so uh, yeah, this is our... oh god, <laughs> oh, I, I, oh, I god. wish I was not here for that one. You know that? No, no I really no. wish I wasn't here for that. That one. wasn't that wasn't my brightest moment. Anyway, listen. So oh, uh, oh, this is getting worse. I, I don't want to come on. I don't want to come on. Stop, a, stop throwing you're shade. Throw me into it. You're throwing me into a dark pit of despair here. <laughs> Stop throwing shit. No more shade. No more shades be thrown your way. All right. I don't. So anyway, listen, people. Uh, this has been awesome. Thank you guys so much. Have a good. Hey, last thing I wanted to say, man, before you yeah. go off, don't forget. Uh, I know you and your dad are having your problems right now, but at least you have a dad to have problems with. So, thank you, Sean. I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> you're the best. Love you guys. Take care. Yeah.